Yeah, so I said, as far as I'm concerned, the main issue is that people aren't educated in a way that will facilitate them in living a rich and fulfilling life, Mm -hmm. becoming self-reliant, helpful to others, as well as able to advocate for their own needs. And I think that that's, for me, that's the main issue, because I feel like if that issue was sorted, everything else would fall into place, you know? what's everything else? Well, there are always problems in society and problems can be fixed. This is the problem. Everyone always thinks, oh my God, it's the end of the world. But every problem can be fixed with a solution. The problem is the solution usually creates problems as well. Yeah. And then that needs to be fixed. So, I mean, the perfect example would be... um, you know, people were poor, so they burned fossil fuels. Now we're told that fossil fuels are creating global warming. So that's another problem that needs to be fixed. But that can, if it's, if, of course, climate change really is man-made. But then the technology can fix that problem. And, you know, maybe that technology, maybe the technology that fixes it will create other problems. So I think, so if you say what is the other issues, it doesn't really matter what the other issues are, really. It just matters that people have a certain frame of mind yeah. that allows them to become problem solvers or participants in that. I mean, I think most of the problems are being solved. Poverty is uh, an all-time low. World poverty is an all-time low. They've even changed the definition of poverty a couple of times to increase the threshold. And it's still it's still at an all-time low. Um there's various environmental problems there are there's crime but I think in the long term there's less of it mm-hmm. and if you look at the the life that people who are considered poor in western countries live they would be considered some of the richest people in the world well the richest people in the world you know having flush toilet, vacuum cleaner um television, internet this is this is what people who are considered poor are today mm-hmm. in this country it's high luxury, so it would be luxury like as ago. far as anyone else who's ever lived before sure. us would be concerned you know, no one had any of these gadgets or, or the comfort, now that's, that's another example of something that's created a problem in my opinion because people aren't fit they're not strong if you were living a couple of hundred years ago, the chances are you'd be labouring on a farm and for 61 hours a week. So the body is strong. You've got plenty of time to process your day. If you have an argument with your husband or your kids, you've got nothing to do but face up your feelings while you're out working. You're not constantly distracted by another Facebook notification, which by the way, I love the social media, I think it's really helpful, but the problem is people aren't strong um, and they don't, they don't have the resilience to just um, face up to their emotions, they're full of distractions all the time. And that, in my opinion, has led to fearfulness, anxiety, poor mental health and things like that. I mean, if a tiger came running after you, you wouldn't be able to climb up a tree to save your life. <laughs> But you might not think of that, but your body knows because your body was evolved to be strong 
and to be able to defend itself. Well, that's an interesting point. Because, of course, I have heard that people's fear increases uh, according to their physical weakness. No question. I, so I, I, I know. Right, and I know for a fact because I was a weedy guy and I've taken up yoga and I've become stronger and fitter and more flexible. And I, I'd say 80%, 90% of my symptoms of anxiety have gone. And I'm going to continue until... So, and that's, you know, no one tells you that. No one says, oh, I'll just go and practice yoga for a year or two and your, your anxiety will diminish. Do you know what I mean? So, so the, these are things that I think are the new problems that the solutions created. The solutions were to save people from having to work all the time. We created a vacuum cleaner. We created a dishwasher, a washing machine. We created machines to do the farm work. We created machines to do the factory work and as a consequence people need to work a lot less than they used to but the new problem is that um, people aren't um, physically and psychologically healthy um, and that will be probably the next thing that, that people will try and solve because when people grow up in an environment where they've got everything, they've got a nice house, television car, nice partner, profession, whatever, and they're still not happy, then they go, well, why is that? And then um, then people will start really turning to try and solve these mental health issues that we're having. Mm-hmm. But I think the first thing will be to get rid of poverty. Do you think some of this stuff affects men in particular? How do you think it, how do you think it affects men? Or the, and their role in this society? Yeah, I think there's a lot of issues facing men because mm-hmm. in the past, the roles were clearly defined. If you're a guy, you're a provider and a protector. And, um, like, the feminist movement came along and it critiqued the woman's role as... Um, the, the complementary role of being a housemaker and to raise the kids but it did not um, it didn't appropriately critique the men's role um, so so you know and then, you, then they say things like um, oh history is men's studies but uh, that's why we don't need men's studies but actually if you look at history it, it Sorry, women's studies was created to critique the traditional female role, whereas history just bolsters the male role. It's like you know, if you're willing to die for your country, then you're heroic, and uh, all the people. If you, if you're, you know, so so it's um, if you're the head of state, if you then you go down the history books, um, so it's like more 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 about. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that men are fi- having difficulty with finding purpose. A lot of the jobs that used to be done by men are mechanised. Um, and I think when guys don't have a purpose in their life, they suffer tremendously. Um, uh, I don't... Yeah, and they're not attractive to women. 
if they don't have purpose, women are very attracted to a man who's got purpose and pursuing his purpose. So. And what other ways do they suffer other than not being less attractive? Well, I mean, obviously the mental health aspect of it. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's just depressing. It's depressing not knowing what your role is and not knowing what you're meant to do. And obviously we've seen, like, that suicide rates are far higher among men. Um, you know, m- more more homeless people are men and so forth. So there's... There's an adjustment that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. Like, it's coming back to saying, you know, what I said before was, which was every solution causes problems. Yeah. And and this is where I kind of differ from most people who look at the world and go, oh, it's a disaster. But, you know, people have been saying that since ancient history. Whatever period you are in history, people are saying it's a disaster. There's a lot of problems I have with the current political system, the current political climate, but I'm not under an illusion here. I'm not living in Nazi Germany mm. or, or under Stalin. So we've got it pretty good. Mm. I mean, it could go that way. It could. I mean, if the, the government is in so much debt that um, what could happen, hypothetically, is the government goes bankrupt... There's welfare riots, people can't get their cheque, um, you know, and the public sector workers are unhappy because they're not, they're, they've not got jobs anymore, and then the only option for the government is to declare martial law, and then bang, you've got a dictatorship like that. I mean, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, on that, then how do you actually see Britain in 30 years? What do you think it'll be like? I mean, it could, I mean you, mm. can, you can take the... Take first what you think it will be like, then you can take a detour to what you would hope or what you would fear, but start with think. Mm. Well, there's two ways it can go, really. Um, one way is the way that I described. There could be a collapse, there could be an economic collapse that could lead uh, down bad paths. Um, I'm hoping that the technology is basically going to save us. In what way? Um, well, I think people are obviously the first cons- people's first concerns is their own survival. So when you've got so many people depending on welfare and the government for their income, um, not just people on welfare, but all the pe- public sector workers and things like that. This whole. Um, Sector, anyone who's dependent on the government from money from politicians mm-hmm. to gov- government workers to people on welfare are essentially economically parasitic upon the private sector, mm-hmm. right? All of their money comes from the private sector. There is such antipathy and hatred towards capitalism in the private sector right now, completely without reason because it's capitalism in the private sector that's given us all the technology all the technological advances that allow the poor to enjoy the standards of living which they enjoy it all came from capitalism none of it came from the government um, in my opinion so in that climate it can very easily go a bad way where people think well you know stuff this 
when when the when the collapse comes, people will say it's capitalism that's the problem. They won't identify it's the bloated role that government plays in society, which has caused the collapse. Right. So that's what I fear, and then things could go down a very bad road, but they can't go for a, down a bad road indefinitely because. Um, command economies, centrally planned economies can't calculate um, what resources go where. They're incapable of doing it, which is why they always result in famine. So, yeah, it could be horrible, but ultimately, ultimately things are going to get back. The way that the technology could help is if it drives the costs of living so low that um, there aren't really there isn't really hard to meet everyone's needs it can also replace very quickly a lot of the things that the government does I mean um, if someone creates an online university that's much better than any one that we have uh, rock star lecturers you learn from other students all over the world it's you know mm-hmm. and then and it's and it's like a tenth the price or or cheap or free then people start saying after 10 15 years what the hell do we need you know the government providing higher education for people are getting a much better deal online and things like that um, will come in and replace government services mm-hmm. Um so in that way, it can technology might be able to save us from the economic collapse. I don't know. And do you think that because that's path one? If you like, um, if technology wasn't to save you in path one, do you think that the the end point of that is a kind of communism? Yeah, I think. Path, yeah, I think so people will try. You can call it communism. It might be fascism. As far as I'm concerned, communism and fascism are about. Um, an inch apart there's yeah. not really very much difference between them the only difference mm-hmm. is that um, fascism has a nationalistic element um, and I guess some private property but ultimately as far as I'm concerned they're the same thing so I don't know what it would be um, but it wouldn't be good it would be a, an attempt to centrally plan the economy and it would mm-hmm. fail because it always fails centrally yeah. planning the economy always fails What's the second way you said in 30 years? That's one way they said there's another way that it could go. Yeah, the other way that it could go is the technology makes the cost of living so low um, that people have not not much to do except for um, focus on themselves. I think Mm. when I think if that happens... If the if the if the cost of living becomes so low because of the technology, people will f- soon realise that um, their material possessions, uh, their material abundance, isn't making them happy, mm-hmm. and that's when I think really good things could start to get really good. I think things would start to get really really good if people really realised that um, 
your property like I mean I'm a capitalist so I'm for uh, I'm, I'm a free marketeer I'm completely for property but I don't believe that it oh, after a certain point it's going to make you happy I think that people need to see that people need to be rich enough to see that property alone isn't enough to make them happy mm-hmm. and then maybe they'll start taking good care of their health and caring about their relationships and things like that and the reason why they will is because the people who do that will have good lives and they'll be on display for the people who don't do that to see so that's my optimistic dream you know yeah it could go one way or another think of the West as a whole, what do you think it is? Interesting. This has come up a lot on the internet recently, so now for me the West is an idea. Um, <clears throat> and it's an idea that used to be called liberalism. But um, now, that, now that has sort of changed meaning. For me the West, the best of the West is the ideas of the Enlightenment, um, reason, rationality, individual rights, the, the the importance of the individual above the collective is a unique idea to Europe. And I think it's the best idea because there are only individuals, there's no such thing as a collective, there's no such thing as a collective interest. If I take 20 doctors and say, the, the interest of the medical profession, it's not true. Each one of those medical doctors has their own individual interest. So the, the idea, for me, the West, the idea is the individual and that by allowing individuals freedom, we can create collectives in a voluntary fashion rather than a non-voluntary fashion and I think that's a great idea and um, I know the West is a lot of other things, we have religious traditions, we have cultural traditions that vary from one nation to another but for me the West is liberalism and whenever we've done our best in the West (laughs) It's been on the principles of liberalism. And whenever we've done the worst, whether it was colonialism or whatever, you know, concentration camps and gulags and uh, world wars, it was on collectivism. It was on the idea of collectives. So so I'm proud of um, the individual achievements of the West, the technology that we've created, our great contribution to the world. And I guess I'm ashamed of the... And I also retract it when I said our, because, again, that's a collective idea, you know, that I'm somehow part of this, even though it was it was done before I was born. I don't take credit for work that wasn't my own. I've tried to advocate the ideas in my life um, because I think they're good ideas. So I think whenever... Basically, yeah, I think the West at its best is liberalism, as the individual, and the West at its worst is when it's betrayed its own idea. So, based on something you just said there, do you feel like you're 
a Western man part of the West, or do you feel quite separate? Hmm. Interesting. I've never really been a patriotic guy. Um, I love that. Um, to say, I was born on a piece of land because if I wasn't, I would have drowned. Um, but I guess I do see if you if I accept that the West is an idea, it's not a place. Well, it is a place. It is a. It's an idea that's specific to a place. I guess. Um. Then I guess I am part of furthering that idea, for sure. I've advocated for that idea. And. So I guess I'm Western, you know. Mm-hmm. But then again, I'm also Eastern because I practice yoga, and I advocate for that. <laughs> so, my. I guess what I would like to do is I'm I'm a hybrid, you know, I'm some kind of new man. Um one of my favorite spiritual teachers Osho talked about the new man, a synthesis of east and west. And that's what I am because I'm a capitalist, but um I really believe in um self-knowledge and self-study and the eastern idea of not spirituality as in anything in terms of believing in souls or anything like that which I may or may not but in terms of the practice of yoga which I see as the science of how this organism works you know and how to to bring it to its potential do you think the West will survive? Uh, I mean it's Obviously, you've said it as yeah. an idea or a place, and that doesn't. I, I think the question. Well, this is the actually bu- yeah. is, works either way, you know. Yeah, I know. Well, this, this is the, the thing. Immigration and all the things yeah. that are happening. The West is committing suicide. Um, and it's part. It's largely our own fault. It's not our. I hate saying our, but you know what I mean when I when when I say that. Mm-hmm. You can't bomb countries and then open your borders to the people who are coming from those countries so that they can come in and retaliate well first of all you shouldn't you should not be going you shouldn't go to other people's countries and bomb them in the first place they're just minding their own own business right it's like we have our way of life you have your way of life i don't believe we should have fought the cold war and I don't believe that we should be fighting in the Middle East. Um, so that's the first thing. That's bad enough because that makes people hate you and want to kill you. Mm-hmm. But then you can't just like open your borders up. Now, un- that's the first thing. The second thing is we are aband- we, we're abandoning the Western, I- I- the Enlightenment ideas such as... Um, reason um, for postmodernism, which is like, you know, you can't really be sure of anything, um, how do you know that, blah, 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 so we've, lo- so we've lost our certainty, and, and it's like, look, okay, you could be plugged into the matrix, you could just be a brain in a vat, but the universe appears to, appears to, um, run on logical principles and as soon as we lost the idea that we could know things 
by appealing to reason and evidence, we've lost our certainty. So the other problem with the postmodernism is it questions everything, but refuses to accept any answers. So now we're not allowed to say what's good about Western civilization. We're only allowed to say what's bad about it. So it's perfectly acceptable to say, um, for example, colonialism was dreadful. And, it, and in many ways it was. It also, it wasn't completely dreadful. It also brought technology to places in the world that didn't have it before that improved people's lives. And I'm not for colonialism. I'm against it. But mm-hmm. I'm realistic enough to say that it wasn't all bad. The second thing is, it's not acceptable to say something like, no southern South Saharan um, civilization had invented the wheel before a colonist came down there mm-hmm. you know that's how that's how you know they hadn't even invented the wheel yet so it's like that would be deemed a deeply racist thing to say but there's nothing racist about it it's just a fact I didn't choose it yet so um, no one does so it's like you're not allowed to take credit for the great ideas liberalism and um, you know, rationalism, uh, the technology, but it is completely fine to say that we're that we're terrible. And when I was on the left, I was of that opinion. I guess I didn't think that the West was bad domestically. I thought it was terrible in foreign policy, and I still think that the West has been terrible in foreign policy because I believe in the individual. I don't think that you should go around, you know, knocking. Um, trying to change other people's way of life at gunpoint so I'm happy to say that I'm part of that western tradition without without claiming um, all of that as my tradition because I don't agree with a lot of that so will it survive? Okay, the other thing I mean we do things that are just stupid we um, waste public funds locking people up for smoking plants you know Mm -hmm. so this is why I'm saying the west is committing suicide because we're we we've got the means to communicate good ideas. Like we've got the technology, we've got a television station, we've even got a nationalized TV station called the BBC, yeah. and all it does is put out. Um, I wouldn't even say left wing propaganda because there's a lot of left wing propaganda. It's not that it's left wing; it's pro the idea of big government, right? State status propaganda so we can't say it's left wing because during the the Iraq war the media got behind the Iraq war Mm -hmm. you know Um, but it's for big government it sells the idea that government is the solution and capitalism is the problem and because of that the West is committing suicide we're allowed to hate ourselves and we're not allowed to praise ourselves Um we use our technology to spread bad ideas instead of good ideas we bomb people abroad and then invite them in in um to our countries and countless and and we ex- and we refuse to accept reason and evidence as the basis for reaching reliable conclusions about society therefore we're committing suicide Mm. 
So what changed for you? Why did you move from the left to a more kind of, I suppose, a slightly less left wing? Well, I would say that I'm neither left nor right. I'm for, um, I'm a libertarian. I'm on the third wing, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> According to the uh, the political spectrum on issues of personal liberty and foreign policy, I'm left-wing. Mm-hmm. On economic issues, I'm right-wing. The problem with that is the right have never been very economically liberal and the left have never been consistently pro-war or, sorry, have never been consistently anti-war or um, really stood for civil liberties. Uh, I mean, n- right now we can look at the social justice warrior movement and how against civil liberties there are. So as far as I'm concerned, you can chuck the political spectrum in the bin. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I'm a liberal, a classic liberal, or a libertarian, or a capitalist, or a voluntarist, which means I believe that um, that all interactions between human beings should be voluntary. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm coming from. Um, so was it to answer the question? No, sorry, okay, yeah, no, what ahead. were you going to say? Oh no, it was just that I need a note. I'll come back to it. Okay, cool. So to answer the question, I started putting out videos on YouTube to share some ideas that I had on economics, and they were, I would say, what would be called progressive ideas. Now, mm-hmm. the word wasn't used in the UK at the time; yeah. we hadn't heard it. At the time, you maybe call them liberal ideas, although, as I've said, the wor- the meaning of the word liberal has changed. I consider myself a liberal now. I consider what I used to be to be a progressive. Um, now, what happened was a bunch of libertarians crashed onto my YouTube channel and started arguing with me. And around the same time, a guy called Ron Paul was running for president in 2007 so so I watched him and he was the first conservative I'd ever seen that was against the wars and strong on civil liberties and like my I'd never seen such a phenomenon before as far as I was concerned if you were conservative it was a package deal if you were for capitalism you were for the wars and you were against civil liberties if you were um against war and for civil liberties, you must be on the left. Therefore, logically, I must be on the left. I'd always assumed. So, that was quite amazing to me, and I didn't know that you were allowed to break up these package deals and and take the bits that you want. So, I did not, I was not an easy sell on becoming a libertarian. I adopted some of the libertarian ideas pretty rapidly, for example, um, they talked a lot about the central banks and how the central banks printed money and how printing money inflated the currency and how inflating the currency was bad for living standards and also it was shocking that the government had to pay back interest on money that was created out of thin air. The libertarians like to talk about that a lot. So I instantly saw the sense in that. And I actually have to say, I really wondered why the left weren't talking about it. It seemed it seemed like such an obvious abuse of state power that I was like, how come it's only these libertarians that seem to talk about that? How come the left don't? So that was weird. But um, the libertarians persisted and they kept on sending me to videos and 
to be honest, I got addicted to finding out, to researching, to learning more about it because I wanted to learn the truth. So, um, the more I read, the more I my political position migrated. I considered myself on the left still for quite a long time while I saw more of the merit of free markets and eventually I bit the bullet and set, decided I was an anarchist. And I didn't really like the uh, a libertarian anarchist or let's say an anarchist without adjectives, something that borrowed from left and right. But I knew that that I didn't believe in government. And then I guess I, I got involved with the Scottish Libertarian Party a few years ago and... It's not that, ideally I am still an anarchist, but the difference is, pragmatically, um, I guess you could say, pragmatically I'm a classic liberal or, or libertarian, uh, but in an ideal world I'm an anarchist, and a libertarian anarchist rather than a communist anarchist. Mm said something about like um, social justice lawyers there right so um, in terms of the kind of oh what's put you on hold. No, no, it's fine it's fine thanks go on uh, you said something about social justice lawyers and how they kind of put you off or can't commandeered the left or something hmm can't because we you'd yeah, said yeah. something along those lines well I just said that they are that the left was traditionally meant to be for freedom of speech and for civil liberties, and they were in the 60s when the tides were turning against them and McCarthyism and so forth, but now you have this subset of the left in the social justice warrior movement that's adamantly and actively against free speech and wants to close speakers down and say that speech can be um, a crime and things like that. And they are a great threat to liberty. Why do you think free speech is so important? Because free speech is the is our only way of identifying what things we believe may not be true. I mean, we can do it internally in our heads, but everyone's got a different process or and no one's very no one is very good at examining their own ideas for flaws but we need so we need to open discourse in order to test our ideas and find out if they're true or not Society. I don't know what my society is. Um, <laughs> right, I mean, but yeah. no, what I mean is society is just a made up term. There's, there's only individuals. Where does my society end and another society begin? Like Scotland, Britain, Europe, the world. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say I'm protective of my society because society is just a concept. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that I'll do, if an individual needs help, I'll do what I can do to help. Um, you know, I, 
protective? What does that mean? I advocate for the ideas that I think are true and are helpful. Mm. So. And you do that because you think it's good for individuals? Uh, well, I guess you could at that point say I do that because I think it's good for society, whatever society well, means. Well, kind of mean your country or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but it's just a... Bo- the, wor- the thing is, the language itself is collectivistic because it's just a box that people can put any interpretation on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a, cons- a specific, discrete meaning. And um, language that is not accurately defined is troublesome and it's and it's used to manipulate people. Anything you'd like to add about your politics or your philosophy or your feelings about the direction your country's going in or how anything at all? Peace, love and anarchy. There we go. Peace love I don't even know what anarchy means. And um I guess my 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 main thing is that economics is important and to most people it's just a boring subject that they don't think they need to know anything about and in an ideal world where they didn't have a vote they wouldn't need to they they wouldn't need to know anything about it mm-hmm. but economics is like it's not people have not yet realized what a sacred science it is because economics gives you the power to follow a chain of reasoning and anticipate what the results of what the unexpected consequences of a certain policy might be Mm -hmm. and that is amazing it's the science of human action like the fact that you can study this and suddenly gain an insight before anyone says anything every time someone suggests a policy you go oh I know what the consequences of that will be because you can follow a chain of reasoning it's like it's a superpower it really helps you make sense of the world and the fact that it's just seen as unimportant or boring or you know just something that people might study at uni and never look at again is a crying shame because it would do a lot of good for society if people had more economic understanding Mm -hmm. What questions do you think would have been good for me to ask you? Well, I don't really know your purpose exactly for this interview, so I can't say what questions would have been good to ask me. Yeah, I'm not sure what the purpose is yet. Mm -hmm. Myself, the survey is going to become a show. Yeah. But it's anonymous, it's not related to any... No characters or anything Mm -hmm. that will be based on me. And I don't know if it's going to be an interactive show with Mm -hmm. an audience or just a... It's cool, man. I really don't know. <laughs> so at this at this point, I've almost got it in my head like a kind of twelve angry men kind mm. of situation. But I don't think it will become mm. that in the end because mm. I have to get the interviews mm. and then see what kind of mm. themes or ideas mm. kind of become very strong. So I need the the research to be nice. done before it's because actually every interview is its own story. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> so it's great. Thank great. you very much.